beginning transmission 87. Starlight, file under happy birthday Mark Millar. このエピソードへようこそ。ブレイクアウトシーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シーズン。シ
Speaking of Goldilocks, joining us this week as well is Mr. Maya. Hello, everyone. Uh, and, and I'm growing my hair out. Uh, I'll probably get bored and cut it. But right now, the intent is to cosplay as Steve from Stranger Things next time a con comes around. Nice. But uh, beyond that, you can catch me at Dr. Volt's Comics, uh, 2043 3300 South. Uh, open seven days a week in Salt Lake City, Utah. If you're not in Salt Lake City, uh, come visit us if you're ever in Salt Lake City. Um, beyond, and also, wow, I started like eight sentences there. I'm getting tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can also catch me on the Breaking Babylon podcast uh, when we post it. I don't know. We want to get a few in the can before we uh, start posting them. Um, but it's me. Isn't and that what my... Adam says? Yeah. <laughs> we get a few in the can. <laughs> uh, it's it's me and a couple of buddies. Uh, one had never watched Babylon 5. One originally watched it when it first uh, aired. And uh, the one that hadn't watched it kind of mocked Babylon 5 up until watching it. And now we watch it and get our uh, thoughts and opinions on it. On if it is good and if it holds up and all that fun stuff. The mocking shall continue. Will it? Well, You'll have to tune in and find out. Okay. Cool. And hey, I'm uh, Brian. I'm a sound designer in Southern California. Currently working on a video game called Killing Comma, my friend, uh, that will come out at some point. He time. works I'm on this video sure. game because he has to drive oh. Oh. in Southern California. Real quick, let me, let me, I'm, I'm sorry, Brian. Let me jump in. Ah. I, uh, during the last episode, because um, I'm, I'm going to pull the curtain back a little, we recorded two at a time, folks. Um, oh. I did tweet that I was recording a future episode of at Firewatercast where we read American Jesus Volume One. I want to know when Volume Two is coming, please, please, please. And I uh, tagged Mark Miller. Mm-hmm. God damn it, take Miller. a break. <laughs> Mark Miller <laughs> and Peter Gross, and Peter Gross just liked it. Nice. Wow. Come on, Pete. We want to hear it. Call we want Mark. To Let's say, Mark, write it. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, well, cool. Um, so, yeah, there's that. So, we got liked. There you go. Hey, it's almost as good as getting licked. True. Not always, though. Oh, I've licked Todd, by the way. Twice, I think. In the can? Uh, <laughs> no, unfortunately. <laughs> Wrong set of lips. Uh, yeah. Anyway, hi, um, and welcome to. Uh, <laughs> Brian, who are you? I already said who I am. Sound designer, killing <laughs> comma, my friend, driving in yeah. Southern California. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and, and when we're recording this, it's the day before Thanksgiving, and traffic is fucking nuts. Uh, I made one short little trip about thirty minutes away, and it took me forever to get back home. So, how many miles away? Because this is what people need to understand. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, how many miles away? It was probably about thirteen miles away, uh-huh. and it probably took me an hour to get back. So it didn't. So it wasn't thirty minutes away. It was. A, well, it's it was a normal a... like. California 30 minute drive it took me almost twice as much time to make it and it was like it was just I had some car in front of me that was timid and it was like just get out there just you know like uh-huh. it's California traffic just be aggressive which is when I got pulled over in Utah once for uh they, they listed off all this laundry list of things that I did and then then they saw my I think they saw my driver's license and said oh he lives in California I think they figured I was just driving like a Californian and they didn't worry about it because <laughs> they didn't get a ticket for it but they gave me this laundry list of shit that I supposedly had done so they didn't give me a ticket and, I need to get a California yeah. driver's license yeah because yeah, apparently we just are very <laughs> aggressive drivers out here which I don't think I originally was but I have become one you um, know to average your 12 miles an hour on that jaunt yeah like you just, I mean, yeah, you just kind of get weird. Well, and the thing is, too, is that, like, driving in Southern California is not too dissimilar to driving in Provo, 
where you have like all those minivans of people driving ridiculously slow for no particularly good reason and they sit in the fast lane when they shouldn't be in the fast lane and they slowly make you insane that's what a light driving southern california is like a lot of the time uh which is why provo makes me hate shit and you're dishing pain. on happy valley that's where all of the Fuck happy valley yes are. learn to fucking drive makes me insane but that's where um, the special people are that are just a little bit better, a lot better. Because they're everyone else. Well, God's chosen people were not chosen to drive. That's the problem right that's there. Right. Um, so, <laughs> you know, anyway. Last week we talked about God's chosen people with American Jesus. This week we're talking about Starlight. Uh, I kind of gave... Uh, did I give a preview at the beginning of this or was that the end of this? I'm, that was at the end of the last episode. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, well, so we'll give you a little bit of... Uh, basically what this is, it's very much based off of like old Flash Gordon stories or whatever. We have a guy, kick-ass name, Duke McQueen. I mean, come on. Uh, he saves Galaxy um, from the world of tyranny and then goes back home to uh, Earth gets married, has kids, grows up, turns into an old man, and tells all these stories about all these great adventures he had in the stars, but no one believes him until one day a spaceship descends, says, hey, buddy, we got it. We need you to come help us out. Uh, and they take him up into a spaceship, and he goes and has to uh, try to wiggle his way back into his old space costume and has to try to you know fight to save the galaxy again. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, that's basically kind of what it is. It's... Uh, it's a little bit of uh, The Incredibles. It's a little bit of... Uh, I'm too old Flash for this shit. Yeah, I'm too old for this shit. Lethal Weapon. Uh, it's yeah. <laughs> Got a little Lethal Weapon in it as well. Yeah, but it's it's a fun little uh, fun little ditty. Uh, so, with this fun little ditty, we are going to need a drinking game. And now for sports. Listen up, sports fans. Prepare yourself and your liver for this week's drinking game. Remember, it's only a game, and a dumb one at that. So don't take it too seriously. And above all else, please drink responsibly. Uh, who wants to start out? I'll go ahead and do it. It's kind of related to what I just said earlier. Every time the main character goes, you know I'm old, but I think I can still do this. You okay. need to go ahead and take a drink. We'll call that the Murtog list. The Murtog <laughs> list, that's right. Uh, mine is called The Legend of Duke McQueen. Anytime a character mentions how Duke saved their race 40 years ago, take a drink. Man, okay. you're mean. <laughs> mine you know, is not... You, say that, you guys say that every time. I don't know why. I just come up with you like... reasonable drinking games and drinks. Yeah. I, I don't know what's... Well, how fast are you reading the book? If you're reading in an hour and you're doing that, that's, that's rather rough, man. It's not my fault if people read the book fast. <laughs> They won't. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I have a sound effect for my drinking game rule, which I'm calling the pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> that is adorable. Yes, you're welcome. Uh, I, I need to get that just is, for, like, my incoming text message. What is that from? I just found it online. There's a there's a, a website that has sound effects, and I was searching for them, and I can't remember what I put in. But I put in something weird. I think I even put in like ray gun or whatever, and that popped up. So I actually put it on a, a, a as like a hotkey on a show that I was doing. So during rehearsals, every once in a while, during like fight scenes that we're rehearsing, I would just have that fire off every once in a while and crack everybody up. So uh, <laughs> I've just kind of carried it along on my hard drive and decided to throw it on the computer for today. Uh, but my my set, my drinking game <laughs> is every time you see a ray gun, take a drink. See, and every time I hear that, I'm just like, sip, 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 really, really yep. fast. And that's awesome. There you go. 
So yes, I, I brought a sound effect for my drinking game this week. Uh, but uh, so before we jump into this, we're gonna take votes as to whether or not we think that it is worth your hard-earned cash and uh, and very very precious time to uh, devote uh, either of those to this book. So I've been asked by the judge to be the foreman. And I want y'all to know that we's gonna run a fair jury and a clean jury. It's time for a vote because we love you and we don't want to waste your money. We will now vote on whether this week's book is fit for human consumption by you, our dear listener. Along with each vote, our panel will also provide one piece of evidence to support their vote. Uh, Mr. Maya, what's your vote? Uh, I'm gonna, again, go against my typical dislike of Mark Miller, and I absolutely love this book. Mm-hmm. Go pick it up. Uh, yeah. you owe it to yourself to pick the, pick up this book. Um, I'm gonna go with Maya as well and say yes, and speaking of that dislike of Mark Miller, um, when it was recommended to me, it was one of those like, hey man, I know some people get really annoyed and don't like Mark Miller's stuff. However, you really should check this it, book out. It like it was, it, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, no, no, no. It doesn't feel like a Mark Miller book, actually. Yeah, I know it does. It does. It's it's more heartfelt mm-hmm. and just fun and doesn't, it doesn't go weird places for no particularly good reason. Um, it doesn't have anything gross in it just to be gross. Like it's, it's, it's almost a mature book. It's kind of interesting that way. Well, and, and kind of my big deal, one of the big mm-hmm. things I don't like is is in Kick-Ass and Nemesis and a bunch of those type of books when, like, don't get me wrong, there isn't really anything that offends me, but cursing just for the sake of cursing, like every other word, motherfucker, or... What's the whatever, point? Yeah, what's the point? Like, use it to make it have yeah. a, like... Let it have a meaning instead of just saying motherfucker to say motherfucker. And that's. Yeah, you're decreasing the Unless impact you're of Sam it. Jackson. Yeah. Just say it. And that's why I don't like a lot of those, like Nemesis or. I'm not a big fan of kick ass. Uh, I usually tell people Mark Miller is very good at coming up with ideas uh, that get turned into movies. Um, I'm not actually having the exact same conversation earlier today, and I had that same thought. Is like, he's really great outside of this book. I think he's really great at concepts. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that he's always the best. At execution, yeah, for sure. Sure, he starts things really well. The follow through gets a bit dicey, but his uh, setting up and the uh, world creation, he does a great job at. Uh, Todd, what's your vote? Absolutely, read it, and it's a fun, great read, and it's a one shot. So you get the trade; it's yeah. the entirety of the story. So, and it's very satisfying. So, yes, get it. Just another little sort of yeah. part of my vote on this as to why I liked it is. When I came across this book, so I was in New York, and like I've been trying to read down my to be read list, and uh, I had saved some books, you know, I either hadn't wanted to get around to them or mm-hmm. whatever, and it sort of started becoming reading comics started becoming a little bit of a chore kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, not that I don't love comics, but like when you're reading that many all the time and it feels like it's something you have to do, it kind of kills a little bit of the fun out of it. And uh, I picked up this book, and this kind of reignited my love of comics and the form a little bit. Like, I was like, oh, that's right. This is, like, really fun stuff. You know what I mean? And so um, between that and there's a few other uh, authors um, and artists that I've discovered recently that uh, I've kind of reignited my love for comics a little bit because, like, you know, trying to trudge through a to-be-read pile of at least 70 trades and uh, getting it down now out to uh, inside the 20s. Pretty proud of that. I'm going to brag about it right now. 
you know, it, it did become a little daunting. And so uh, it, this was a nice, fun, fresh book that uh, really kind of uh, brightened my uh, my view of comics for a little bit, which has been great. Uh, cool. Does, I mean, we've pretty much given a decent preview as to what it is. Anybody else have anything they want to add before we go into a break? Um, not really. I think we'll talk about it some more, but I think the, yeah, the Flash Gordon reference, it's a cult complete story. It's a lot of fun. It should be read. Yes. Yes, it should be read. Yeah. So, yeah. So, well, I, yeah, if you're normally one who just sort of listens to us and lets us spoil it all, this might be a fun one for you actually to go pick up and read and uh, enjoy yourself. The art's really fun. The story's really fun. It's it's just a fun, fun story. Uh, but, you know, hopefully you've already read it. And uh, if you have already read it, you can plow on through. Um, if not, we're going to take a little bit of break. You can pause your podcast and then the magic of uh, technology. When you're done reading, you can press play and we will start spoiling the shit out of it and talking about it and doing all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, with that, we will see you after you read the book. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. So, Shana was at my house yes. the other night. She mm-hmm. still listens to this podcast. She says, it feels like I'm just all caught up with you guys. And Because I had made a comment. I hadn't seen her since July. And she's like, really? Yeah. I'm like, really? You know, you saw me as I was having my little freak out period. I was not looking my best. And she's like, oh, yeah, you were not. And <laughs> she's like, well, I just listened to your podcast. And I just feel like we're I see you a lot more than I actually do. And I'm like, well, that's nice. So, oh, hi, yeah, Sheena. Say hi to Sheena. Hi, Sheena. Yes. Sheena's been. You haven't met Maya. Yeah, you should. Maya's a fun guy. Adam's a cool guy too. So no, Sheena was a friend from up in Logan. Of Are you ready for this, Brian? Seventeen years ago is when we first met. Oh God. So our friendship is almost an adult. I was starting high school then. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So no, no, that's when I was discovering um, the first. Well, you were starting high school when we were in college. Okay, no, that's yeah, not, not so bad. So bad. Okay, that, 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 yeah, that's okay. not so bad. That's that, that was the year I discovered Boone's Fuzzy Navel. And that's what <laughs> my alcohol cherry. It's like, what's the first thing you ever got drunk on? Boone's, Boone's Fuzzy Navel. How awesome wow. is that? That's almost as good as my first pop album I ever bought was Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> but Ooh, they only uh, want to be with okay. you. That's right. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I think the first, I can tell you, this is really, really sad. But, uh-huh. um, I, the first two CDs I ever bought for myself, one of them I'm okay with, one of them I'm a little little embarrassed by. Uh, the one I'm okay with was uh, Harry Connick Jr.'s Red Light, mm-hmm. Blue Light, uh, which I bought. The other one I completely blamed to spending too much time in my dad's office and listening to the uh, the soft hits with all the secretaries who worked in there. Because the other CD I first bought when I first bought my got my own CD player and had my own money was uh, Michael Bolton's Time Love and <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, well, Brian, uh, back in the day, Brian was uh, having was a BMG member. He also had... What's a, that? I know. He also had a mysterious <laughs> other person living there by the name of Todd Richards that was also a BMG <laughs> member. <laughs> right. I got a lot of CDs. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about something from the past. Uh, I yeah, I recently cracked open some of my CD collection. I was like, "What the hell am I gonna do with oh, all this?" Oh, look at that! I had a, my mom got me a Kenny G album. Nice. Never had any Kenny G. So never I had a Kenny G. I had that. Amy's first album she ever bought for herself was Pearl Jam's Ten. Now, like, yeah, see, that's God way cooler than what I got. 
Why yeah, do you have no. to have such an awesome album? And mine is Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish still isn't bad. I mean, Michael Bolton's pretty damn bad. Like, that's really pretty lame. That is pretty like, lame. Yeah. Like, it's... So... It's, yeah. it's kind of funny on, like, an office space level, but outside of that, it's kind of lame. Like, it's pretty embarrassing, actually. So, but yeah, I mean... Early choices, man. Early choices. Yeah. Hey, Maya, what's the first CD you ever bought for yourself? Uh, Rob Zombie's Hillbilly Deluxe. Oh, uh, see, that's also a that cool one. That one's really cool. And then Corn's Follow the Leader was the second one I bought. I bought them both, like, almost yeah. practically at the same time. Yeah, I definitely had both of or those Corn's Follow the Leader with the Todd McFarlane art on the uh-huh. cover art. Oh, is that who did yeah. that? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he That's and I cool. believe he directed the music video. I think. Or the for the. Oh really? The, uh, or his the or, first little bit, the yeah, animation portion. Yeah, the animation portion. Well, I told you about um, Rob Liefeld in my comic shop, yeah. right? Okay. Did I say that on, on the show? No, you, you sent it in the text, I think. So, sorry, kids, you missed out on that. Maybe I'll save them for a special edition some yes. point in time if we ever do something special like that. But we have decided, while discussing other things, that it is time. For Todd to finally solo on a lightning round, because uh, all of us have done at least one all by ourselves, and uh, this is a longer book, so we're not going to do a relay. So we're going to leave this in the very capable hands of Mr. Todd. So the lightning round will begin now. Lightning round begins now. So we're reading Starlight, The Return of Duke McQueen by Mark Millar and Goran Parlock. Drink. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> drink <laughs> so i will say goran parlov you've got an amazing name if i ever have a kid goran is in like the top 20 of naming him by the way so starlight all right and so we shall begin so what you see here on the first page is you're talking about you're in a fanciful place in a far off time and he's going i feel like an idiot and you see this young dude with nice striking black hair kneeling down receiving a medal from this woman he's like i don't want a goddamn medal he's like but i've got to give you a medal you saved all of us and he's like i don't care here's a medal and then you have fireworks blah 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 isn't this amazing it's like the end of star wars the first one you know how awesome that was and then all of a sudden (laughs) you see an alarm clock and he's waking back up going, what in the world's going on here? And you see the same dude, his hair, not black anymore, it's gray, and he's gotten old. And he wakes up, he goes in the shower, he's getting ready, and come to find out what it is, he's going to a funeral of his wife. So he's surrounded by his kids, he's at his wife, they're talking, she's not there anymore, and he's just manning up and taking it, a lot like the Gran Torino. Torino? Torino, thank you. Gran Torino. I really picture Clint Eastwood Gran Torino as I'm reading the sequence here. So he's going through it. You know, I think I'm okay. He's thinking about the times of his wife, how much he misses her as it's in her space with the funeral. He's got his two boys and his boys is going, you know, I don't want dad to live with me. You know, I don't want to give up my office. It's dad, my office. I want my office. Dad's fine. He can live on his own. And so, and the funeral ends, and he goes back and he remembers, oh look, I've got memories of beating the ass out of the arch villain over there, and I win in this amazing duel on this deck being supported by jets floating in the middle of a volcano. I mean, this thing is fucking epic looking. And the villain's got an eye patch, and he goes and he beats them in the duel and then blasts the hell out of them with a ray gun, and it's amazing. 
And then, alarm clock again, he wakes back up. And he's in home, humdrum, humdrum, earth. And he just gets out of bed, and his wife beat her going, fuck, it's another day. He goes to the grocery mart. He's talking to the guy at the grocer. Hey, I'm looking to make a dinner for my boys. And he gets accosted by young kids who go, hey, aren't you the guy that make up stories about being a hero in another planet? And the grocer says, get away, kids. And the old man's like, oh, it's fine. I'm used to it by now. So he finishes at the market. Then he still has memories of the far off planet while he's making dinner. And it's been one year since his wife died. And he's like, come on, kids. It's going to be great. And he has made a feast. However, he gets his phone call. The kids are too busy to show up to dinner. And he's too nice to say, I put in all this work. He says, it's fine. It's no big deal. And he's got this huge dinner. No one showing up to, and he's just alone, looking out on his porch. No wife, no kids. He's just all alone, and he has more memories of the time when he spent on the other planet, and he even looks at his old Flash Gordon type suit and polyester gloriousness. And then while he's staring out in the rain on his deck, what does he see? Some sort of like cloaked vehicle ship. It uncloaks, and oh my gosh, it is a spaceship. And out of the spaceship comes a young kid with a star on his chest going, don't shoot, I'm only 86. And that's how that episode ends. And this young kid goes, hey, I remember when you saved my planet like all those years ago. We're in trouble again. I need your help. And he's like, dude, I'm an old man. He's like, but we really need your help. And he's going back and forth, but I'm an old man. It's too old for this sort of thing. He's like, but we really need your help. He's looking around the house. And he's like, what do I have to live for here? Fuck it. I'm putting on my old Flash Gordon suit. And I'm going to go out and help these people. And he flies back to the far off planet that he saved back in the day. And when he lands, he meets the kids and the kid, the kid and him go and they land back on the planet again. And they're like, you know what? Here I am to save the day. He's like, dude, you're like that superhero that saved us from back in the day. He's like, yeah, I am. He's like, well, we're in a lot of trouble here. And you have a flashback of this guy. He's built this giant palace. It's the castle without doors because without doors, I'm not afraid of nobody's shit. Because doors are meant to keep people out, and I am such a badass that no one needs to keep me out. That I can keep nobody out, because I'll just beat their ass. And he sees them, and he's a megalomaniacal monster, and he's like, we need to beat people and kill more people so the others fall in line. So the beating shall continue until morale improves, and he's got badass horns off the side of his head. He looks more like a steer, like a Texas Longhorn as a helmet, and he's like, yeah, this is a good idea. So that's his outfit. And then you see Flash Gordon come back. It's not Flash Gordon, but I'm calling him Flash Gordon. It's Duke McQueen going, hey, this place looks like shit. What happened to everywhere here? And they're like, you know, ever since our planet got taken back over, everything's gone to shit. He's like, but my statue's up there. He's like, yeah, that's still there. It makes people depressed and hopeful at the same time. And then while he's looking at his statue, guards come by and they say, hey, hold there. Don't do that. He's like, well, I'm a badass. I am the statue. I'm going to beat your ass. And he preaches to do exactly just that. The more guards come, so he goes, we've got to run. He's like, let's run hide. And then a drive-by driver comes by and smacks Duke McQueen. And he gets run over. And you meet a dude that looks like, hey, I'm a big fan of James Dean. I'm going to dress like him. And they end up in jail. And while in jail, they're talking and they're going, hey, I know it takes a while, but I like Earth shit. I'm really into that sort of thing. It's been a few years, but that stuff's cool. And they're in jail, and you've got the evil overlord going, look at my wonderful lobby, I've got all these swords up there, of all the protectors of this world. And I just put them up there because it looks cool, and it's humiliating for everyone else. 
So because it's humiliating and it looks cool, it's a double hitter, that thing is awesome. And then you see a cutaway to a badass woman who's dressed like Han Solo and says, you know what, I'm gonna bust out Duke McQueen and we're gonna do it tonight because I'm just that awesome. Next sequence there, you're back in the jail again, and they're being told by Evil Overlord, we shall kill you. And hey kid, I remember what you look like. I don't remember where, but I've seen you before. Fight, 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 their wall blows up, and then that awesome Han Solo type chick comes in and says, we're here to save you, breaks them out, and they run to the far off place on the other side of the world. And it's a world of really big trees and really dead giants. And they go, they killed all the giants, but this is really far away. So they want to think of looking here for us. We are the resistance and you are now our leader because you're like a symbol and you're awesome when you were young. So even though you're old, you're still awesome. And we shall fight and overthrow the ruler because I believe in you, Peter. That's a hook, Steven Spielberg reference, but I do believe in you, Peter. And he's going and says, you know what? I think I will lead you because my wife believed in me. And even though she never saw any proof, she still <laughs> believed in me. And even though I'm old, I can still do this. So he goes in and he's still going, you know what? I'm going to do it. Then the young boy goes, you know what? That guy over there that recognized me, he's the one that killed my parents. And I hate him because my parents died because of him. And then while they're still in the far off line, Mr. James D wannabe calls in to Mr. Evil Leader going, hey, on the mole you planted, I'm down here. Send all your troops and take these resistance out because then I'm gonna be awesome in a pimp. So as they're preparing to fight, they go through and then all of a sudden, they tell the story of the kid and his parents stealing and they're going, hey, I'm gonna be your leader. I'm gonna win, fight, fight, fight. And then the bad guys show up to their base and they're not ready and they get captured or they're fighting except for duke mcqueen who runs away and he jumps off a big ass cliff goes off the cliffs he goes into the water he sees little sea monsters 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 in the water he fights the monsters he kills the monsters it's because he's duke mcqueen he's badass everyone thinks duke mcqueen's dead but he's not so they're getting ready to kill everybody and say, I'm going to put the last of the swords up in my lounge because then there's nobody's left and the swords are up there reminding everyone how I've killed everyone as I'm surrounded with hot chicks. See Duke and Queen come out of the ocean, spits because why not? And he's like, I've run out of good days. It's just a bad day. And now I'm going to take ass and names. Next chapter here, you see everyone in jail. You see the guy going, ha, 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 we're going to kill you all. And he's got a cowl that even rivals Doctor Strange. I mean, the thing on this neck would make Dracula be envious. It's awesome. It's like two feet taller than the top of his head. Whatever he's doing there is amazing. <laughs> you see a pit of the vanquished where all the people die and get thrown into the pit. And you've got Duke and Queen who jumps in because he wants shit out from over there. And all of a sudden you see a classic car. Another Gran Torino reason for me. It kind of <laughs> looks like a Gran Torino. So once again, you've got old Clint Eastwood being a badass as Duke McQueen. <clears throat> you see the leader says, we shall hang everyone and kill them. And the Duke McQueen comes onto the big screen, says, I am back. Rise up against your evil overlords because I am awesome Duke McQueen, your savior again. Got gray hair, still a badass. As he's going through, he even puts in a cigar and lights it. I mean, how awesome <laughs> is that? I love this guy. You know, it's like Clint Eastwood with the clean mouth. They all go into fight. 
fight, fight, fight. Duke McQueen shoots mm-hmm. everyone from the hangman's noose, comes off. So no one dies from the hangman's noose. He comes back in. Everyone's firing lasers at him. Yet he misses. He jumps. They zag. He zigs. He gets around. <laughs> he is being the ultimate badass. And yet here comes... Pew, 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 pew. So many pew, pew, pews. Pew, 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 pew. So many. It's all the pew, pew, pews. Evil Overlord comes out and says, Hey, look, I've got these awesome gloves. These gloves <laughs> make me move my hands. And they've got like telekinesis built in. And I shall kill you. Duke and Queen gets caught and he's like, I'm gonna kill you. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm firing. He's going pew 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 in the lounge with all the swords. And he says, You don't have enough concentration to kill me and block those swords. And because I'm so badass, the swords are gonna fall. They fall and kill evil overlord. So old Duke McQueen, Clint Eastwood, is laughing now because the other guy, his gloves are broken, he's all off, and he's like, you know what? Fuck you, I'm gonna kill you anyways. He dies. And Duke McQueen goes, hey, I saved the day again. You were right in calling me this whole time. Everyone goes, hey, we're giving you another medal as a callback from the very beginning of the book as a young man, except now he's an old man, getting another medal. Sadly, no fireworks because all the resources have been stolen. But you do get a thank you. And he's like, hey, you want to stay? He's like, you know, I need to go back. However, everyone who thinks that I've been a liar for these past 38 years, fuck them. Because we're going to go ahead and head back, and he's in this spaceship, and there's no cloaking device on. And he's going through all town, and they're like, what the fuck? There's a spaceship here. Oh, that's Duke McQueen, and he's inside the spaceship. He wasn't lying after all. Whoa! He comes off, and says, you're awesome, and he hugs a little kid from the beginning of the show to take him over and says, you're awesome, amazing, had a great adventure, you had a great adventure. One year later passes, and he's now at dinner for the second anniversary of his wife's death. This time, all the kids are around, because people like to be around a hero. Not so much a crazy man, but they do like the hero. So, you've got the father right there, surrounded by family, saying, Oh, aren't you so amazing? You're the hero, and we didn't know it, but now you're awesome. And then it goes ahead and closes, and he's sitting on the deck again of his house, going, Oh, isn't this nice? of all his memories and then he's looking at his little town sign that says welcome to little hampton home of the duke mcqueen hero to everyone and 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 see yay and scene hooray <laughs> can i vote for todd to do just regular Your, uh like, version of lightning round actually is very much like story time it's kind of awesome actually i have to <laughs> I really like I'm kind this of book. there, Todd. You might it have gotten a yourself a new job. I hate to say it was a lot of fun. It's a fun book. It's a really fun book. It's just it's heartfelt. It's fun. It's you know there's mm-hmm. there's just a lot of joy in it. There's obviously a lot of love for the reference the stuff that he's referencing. You know what I mean? There's not a lot, I mean there's not a lot to shit on about this. The art's fun. Like it's just I don't I really did everything pays off. Yeah, yeah. Everything pays off. There's no loose ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is fun. It gave me a warm, fuzzy feeling. Yes. Uh, like, when when old man Duke McQueen was, like, getting shit done in my head, like, all, while I was reading, I'm like, yeah, get him! <laughs> yeah, do it! So, yeah, for me, in reading it, I mean, as I say these references, I mean, it was Grand Torino, Hook, Star Wars. Yes. All just kind of <laughs> thrown in together. And that is Starlight. Yeah. So, you've got this grown-up all like, oh, you used to be this awesome guy, but you've forgotten or you're not who you are. And he gets back into character. And you just have this Clint Eastwood. I mean, it looks like he's chewing on marbles and rocks and grinding (laughs) them with his teeth. And he lights his cigar. He's just, and he drives the awesome car. And 
He takes shit from nobody. And he, though he likes having the recognition at the end of it, says, see, I'm not a fucking madman. This really did happen. He is not caught up in the glory of it. He just wanted to be recognized that he wasn't a liar and truthful. Yeah. And I really think that's a saving grace. He's not, look how amazing I am, because I am amazing. It's like, dude, I'm not a goddamn liar. Mm -hmm. This really happened. But what matters to me is family. Yeah. And so he went back the first time because of the girl. And then he went back again because of the family. And then the family realized, oh, he really does care. We need to get our shit together. Yeah. As it shows at the end. So it's he's just an awesome dude. And he really is like, you know, if I wasn't fighting, I'd be a farmer. Mm -hmm. And he really went back to being a farmer each time. And it was in his own way. I mean, not actually a farmer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're like, what's the uh, Vesuvian, you know, like the ideal man and the arch type of a hero. I mean, he really is it. When the call came out, he came forth and performed. And when it was done, he hung it up and went back home again. I mean, this and George Washington. Yeah. He's really done. It's like he just rescinded power twice because they're like, hey, you can run all of this. And he's like, I don't want to run all of this. Yeah. I just want to do my own thing and because it's right. And that's awesome. And it's great. I mean, it's just funny because it's like there's just it's a really fun book. You've kind of explained mm-hmm. the entire plot to it. There's, there's not a lot on top of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not necessarily terribly deep. You know what I mean? No. Like, it really is about a guy being able to relive his his youth and also just get justification and people to believe you know evidence that you know that entire time he wasn't he wasn't lying you know what i mean and it kind of reminds me of there's a a tv show out now uh just started it's a documentary series called the secret history of comics it's produced by robert kirkman who created the walking dead and invincible Mm. and a lot of other things battle pope don't fucking Uh, leave out Battle Pope was fun as hell. We'll have to do that on the show some point in time. Um, I was about to ask if you guys had done that on the we show. Have no, we haven't. We should because it's it, amazing. I'm waiting. For, I'm waiting we're going to have to do a full Kirkman month. Like, that's going to happen for sure. Because, um, like, I have a whole shelf on my comic books that is m- almost all Kirkman. It's like Kirkman and... How much of that shelf is uh, Walking Dead? A lot of it's Walking Dead and Invincible. Invincible. Um, and then there's uh, Battle Pope and then there's Outcast. And then the rest so, of it's like Brubaker and Phillips combo. Sorry, 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 sorry to derail a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the solicitations, I think, just came out for the final issue of Invincible. I know. I'm sad about that. You know the artist lives in Bountiful, you Yeah. Isn't that wild? I know Ryan. <laughs> you know him? I'm Ryan. Well, I mean... We've met him. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, don't, I, we don't. We don't go out for drinks. I got gotcha. But no, I bought. We've I, met I, multiple times. I saw the Comic Con. I bought some art from him. I was pretty excited about it. Um, issue eighty three. I have the last page of, and issue eighty four. I have the second to last page of the original art. So nice. Pretty excited about that. Uh, yeah, we should definitely do do Kirkman. Oh yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Um, but what I was the point I was going to make was is that they just did an episode on the guys who created Superman and all the trials that they had to go through. And it wasn't so much that they were looking for a payday. They did deserve a payday, and they did they did they should have gotten one. But really, mm-hmm. what they at least as far as the angle, and I've heard this angle from other people as well, is the more important thing to them was them getting credit. So that when on the credits came up for Superman, it said created by Schuster and, uh, uh, Schuster and Silver. You know what I mean? Siegel. Siegel. Siegel and Schuster. That's right. And so, like, this kind of reminded me of that, of, like, this guy, like, 
ultimately he just wanted people to know that what he had, like what he talked about wasn't bullshit. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't looking for everyone to worship him. He just was looking for people not to think he was a lunatic, which is what I kind of dug about this as well. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's a, it's a more whole motive. And like, he just was doing the right thing because he was a, a hero. He was a flat out, that's just what he was like an old school no other motive it's the right thing to do that's what i'm gonna do you know mm-hmm. uh which is what i think is really fun about this so uh Maya, what are your thoughts i absolutely love the book it's uh it did have that like flash gordon kind of 50 sci-fi vibe to it mm-hmm. um you did mention the family stuff todd and, and i think one of the in fact the i think the only line that can uh that sticks out to me sorry my cat was trying to get into todd's bag is when he's talking about leaving and he said and he's talking about his kids and he's like they don't really need me but i would really like to see that mm-hmm. and i'm like oh that's sweet mm-hmm. um while and then shortly after he kind of gives them a middle finger by them driving their spaceship past their house in the office building <laughs> like oh, hey yeah. guys look at me <laughs> i'm not crazy <laughs> it's a loving middle finger though it's the it kind is. of middle finger it I'm yeah. it's a middle finger with a raspberry like, <laughs> like yeah um but i do love it's you know there's nothing more that we need to to read in this um if they were to do if if miller was to do more starlight stuff he could easily just do the young adventures of duke mcqueen mm-hmm. um but yeah it's just fun which a lot of comics aren't necessarily just flat out fun anymore usually there's uh like the writer's trying to get a really deep meaning across or Mm -hmm. or there's just not enough substance like this was just flat out fun yeah it was so much fun and there was little cues you've got the flash gordon reference there's even a funny line about well, dude, you had your uniform. Didn't they bleed your uniform? He's like, kid, there's polyester over here, too. That doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was a great line. And you've got parallels that goes back and forth. And if you see it and you see the reference and the time frame, it adds to a lot of um, context to it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't diminish it if you don't know it, which mm-hmm. I really think is the best execution. So Goran Parlov... And most of that right there was all in the art. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much Millar wrote in there, but the art right. of a Goran's execution <laughs> of all these little ditties and bits going on here was just fantastic. If, if you like his stuff, he did some Punisher Max, but uh, I really liked he did a Fury Max miniseries a few mm-hmm. years ago, and it is fantastic and bloody and brutal. Oh, him and Garthinus? Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. So... And what's great about comics is, I mean, this really goes to show is, I mean, it's Miller World. Caught myself. That time. It's Miller World. And, but Goran did the art, but how much, and I don't know how much in the notes for stuff to look like what he did. But this, you see the name of it, it's Starlight, but it's Mark Miller and it's Goran Harlov, and they're right next to each other. And this is what a creative team has done. And the two of them working together, I could see them working off of each other. It just sings and it does it so well that it's awesome and it's I mean it's really it's like why read comics versus novels versus TV shows this is and I think for what I've read from Mark Miller this is his best example of why comics are cool because you have all these still shots it's almost like it's a uh, it's it's not a thumbnail it's much more than a thumbnail 
but it's the ideas and you convey and what's going on here and the emotion with fewer words and it's just cool and it's just excellently done and it's my favorite Miller book I've ever read I think I agree with you yeah. uh, I'd have to think about it a little more but just off the top of my head um, there's one more that competes for me and we read it later this month um, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it later but Huck I think for a lot of the same reasons um, that this book is great I think Huck has a lot of other similar reasons and there's because Huck is so heartwarming is part of the reason why I had us do it um, on the week of Christmas because it is a, a very heartwarming similar book but I think those two compete for being some of my favorite stuff but you're right this is one of the this is one of like just the best overall executed complete story on its own it's a solid book it's a book you can give to somebody even if they're not necessarily into comics and they can still appreciate mm-hmm. it and see that it's really fun yeah and this you know? one's, it's it's rated for teens and up so he's not being edgy for the sake of edgy i think sometimes miller says oh you know what sounds like a real fucked up idea let's have wonder woman getting raped and watch and write a whole book about that yeah well, and and I don't think there was any language. No. Uh, mean, if there was blood, it's not... I don't remember any. I mean, it's Star Wars. It's the same level as Star Wars. Yeah. And that general idea. And, like, the Flash Gordons of the era. I mean, it was just right there. So, without the, hey, let's see what I can do to shock people. Let's just write a great story. It was great. Yeah. So, he didn't... He didn't well, let depending on who you talk to, that might be shocking. Right, for it might be the shocking thing. He's like, watch me not be <laughs> shocking and just focus on a great, fun story. And it, it was fantastic. Cool. Um, I think this sounds like a good time to go into cocktails. Behold, Mr. we finally fulfill the second half of our Mr. title Boom. and make with the fire Mr. water. I'm going to go first because I'm afraid someone's going to steal my name. I'm calling mine the Duke McQueen. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's also, I got it off a website that says that it pairs well with French cuisine. Oh, <laughs> um, in case oh, you, yeah. um, yes. So if you're having a, a, a very, uh, a nice, uh, a, a nice French meal, you can have this cocktail with it as well. But it is half an ounce of triple sec. It just says one champagne. I don't know what that means. Uh, one egg. <laughs> one bottle. Two teaspoons of lemon juice. Apparently, uh, two spe- teaspoons of orange juice and half a teaspoon of maraschino liqueur. Uh, shake all ingredients except for the champagne with ice and strain into a champagne flute. Fill with chilled champagne and serve. Okay, so basically you just top off with champagne. Yes, because if you include uh, the champagne when you sh- shake it, the yeah. bubbles go everywhere and you create like a bullet. It's awesome mess, yeah. but you don't have a lot to drink afterwards. <laughs> but you do have sticky fingers and a sticky floor. I'd rather get sticky fingers other ways. You're saying this as if you have experience in this, Todd. Well, well, it does get a little moist. Oh, and Adam, if you listen to this episode. Adam, Adam with the middle finger. Uh, oh, is Adam sitting there behind you? Uh, yeah. Uh, moist, moist, moist. Mother, mother, mother. Moist, moist, um, moist. Mother, mother, mother. That's what Brian says. That's a quote. Just for you. Brian, go fuck yourself. You know, <laughs> did the mic pick that up? I heard that. I, I heard that. I might have to punch it up in editing, but I heard it very deliberately. Tell Brian to go fuck That's himself. That's right. <laughs> With love. With love. Uh, my idea of a cocktail. I do. Mine is called the Ray Gun. Uh, mine is nice. also a champagne drink. In a champagne flute, you want to mix a half shot of chartreuse green liqueur 
and three quarters of a shot of blur, blur, blue curacao uh, liqueur, and then fill it to the top with champagne. Cool. Nice. And uh, Todd, do you have a cocktail? Yeah, mine's inspired from the point where the, you've got the young boy going, hey, come save the world again. And he's like, well, I've got my life here. He's like, but we need your help. He looks around and realizes no one's paying attention to him. And he just goes into his head thinking about Earth a moment and goes, you know what? Adios, motherfuckers. <laughs> so uh, my drink is the classic AMF, and it's the adios, motherfuckers. I'm going back to the far-off planet where they need me, and I feel useful. So this is a three-quarter ounce of vodka, three-quarter ounce of gin, three-quarter ounce of rum, three-quarter ounce of tequila, three-quarter ounce of blue curacao, two ounces of sour mix, a half ounce of carbonated lemon-lime beverage like 7-Up, a lemon wedge, a lime wedge, and a maraschino cherry. So you fill a pint with ice, you add the vodka, gem, rum, tequila, curacao, sour, and 7-Up. You stir it with a straw around, not too much, just kind of stir it. Then you garnish with the lemon, lime, and cherry. You serve, and you drink that shit up, and it's adios, motherfucker. Uh, but of course. Okay. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to add before we go into final uh, grades and fun, whatnot? Fun, 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 fun. Adam, anything you want to add? Adam said that was fun. Yes, the pew, pew, all the pews. Okay. It's got all the pews. I gave it six out of five pews. You gave it six out of five pews. There you go. Oh, six out of five pews. When we're done pews. here, you'll oh, have to come okay. listen to this drop that Brian has. It's amazing. <laughs> Jamie, school is never a waste of time. Since we have 15 minutes until recess, please put down your pencils and stare at the front of the room. It's report card time. It's report card time. It's report card time. I'm so fucking done. God, please, no! 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 Okay, well, so for the writing of Mr. Mark Miller, the birthday boy for this month, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Maya? Uh, A+. Plus. Okay. A++++++ plus, 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 fun, 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 plus, plus, plus. Uh, Todd, what is your grade? It's an A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm going to also go with an A. It's just, it's a fun damn book. Like, it's really well written. It has complete closure. You know, everything pays off. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great, fun, solid story on its own. Uh, for Mr. Parlov's art, uh, what is your grade, Todd? B+. Plus. It's B plus. B plus. You know, it's oozing with style. It's self refer. It's referencing the Flash Gordon <laughs> era and Star Wars and the Clint Eastwood Grand. Tur- when was this thing even? Two thousand fourteen. So Gran Turismo was def- Gran Turismo. <laughs> Gran Turismo is a video game. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Gran Turismo, the movie, was definitely out. <laughs> And so you throw in your Gran Torino with Flash Gordon while you're playing Gran Turismo. <laughs> what you have here is some awesome fun art. I mean, and you've got that classic retro feel to it, so it's not super heavy detailed, but it's detailed enough for what you're looking for. And Gran Torino, just less racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, less racism than Gran Torino. That's absolutely true. And it's um, the colors are bold. It's going for it, and it kind of has a simplistic style that goes with the... Um, 
simplistic's not quite the right word, but it's got a very, the style of it, ha, there's a purity of its style, and it's setting out exactly what it wants to be. It's kind of Watchmen-esque on acid, and I dig it. So it's like, how do you make an alien world look alien? You throw in a lot of funky purples, and this world did it well. Yeah. Funky purples would be a great band name, it by the way. a good band name. Funky purples. <laughs> Opening for the butthole uh, surfers. Yeah, I would not want to open for the butthole surfers. <laughs> the weird. That's what, like. How do you how do you pick an opening act for the butthole surfers? Like it was like? Um, Kid Six Oh Six was the opening band. While uh-huh. you were stuck in the hurricane and you were down I was in the stuck Bahamas, in a hurricane and and you got my free ticket. I got so don't complain about me being stuck in the Bahamas. And the lead singer yeah. of the butthole surfers looks to be the devil himself. And I have never seen someone on stage tweaking so hard in my life that guitarist hit the guitar like three times through an entire song and just held it uh-huh. and he was in his own land this whole time i'm like <laughs> this is amazing it's awesome it's cool and you've got the singer he's got this podium with knobs he twists and the air is blowing and the lights coming up from his face and he's got these big glasses on that's casting shadows and looks like horns on his head with his long black hair and this tweaking drummer on the right and then the sub the, the guitarist on the right and the drum is like four drums and he's hitting it every third time and 90% of the music's a pre-track anyways it was fucking weird and awesome and it was at Club DV8 which burned down uh, back before it burned down that's right and the greatest guy I ever saw is he looked to be in his late 60s he was rocking a skullet so, kids, if you don't know okay. what a skullet is, it's when you're bald on top, but on your <laughs> side, halo hair has grown really long. It's the Hulk Hogan. The Hulk Hogan. Yeah. He's oh, wearing sure, yeah. sweats, and he's got swim goggles over his eyes. And he is dancing Hogan. and moving, and his arms are in the air, just loving the butthole surfers. The entire time, he became my hero. And something I'm struggling There was, um, how do I tell a story without getting myself in trouble? On one of the shows I worked on, we had a frequent visitor to the show uh, who we called uh, uh, Coke Guy mm-hmm. or Soda Guy. And what he, he was an older gentleman, and he would come to every set that the band played, and he would, like, dance. But he always had, like, a bottle of Coke in his hand, and he was shaking the shit <laughs> out of it, right? Like, he would dance over him. Like, I've never, I ever, never actually saw him open and drink mm-hmm. it. You know what I mean? It was, we eventually went and talked to him. We got to know the guy, actually. He was a really nice dude. But he was an older dude, but that was basically his exercise re- routine. He was like, yeah, if I come here and I dance to the bands, then I don't have to actually go to the gym. And so we're like, okay, this is perfectly logical. So he would just dance his ass off every band set for like, you know, the band would play a 40-minute set, and he would dance his ass off four times a night for 40 minutes. I'm like, it's not a bad workout. Uh, it was a nice guy. But just, you'd be sitting there mixing the show, and you'd look down, and you'd see this guy just shaking the shit up Coca-Cola. Like, and we all knew he was like a harmless, nice dude. But like people who hadn't been to see these shows before were looking at this guy being like, who the fuck is this? And like getting away from him, whatever. Like, he, it, he sounded very much like the swim, swim goggles guy, but he was he was a really nice, nice dude. But we yeah, uh, we had a fan like That's that for awesome. sure. Um, yeah, we, we had lots of fans. I, we had a nickname for them, which I if I, I will tell you later because otherwise I just right. edit it out. But um, Maya, did you give your grade for art? Uh, I did not. Uh, I, I'm at a B plus oh. A minus somewhere somewhere in between. Um, it fit the theme of the story really well. Uh, I think it added to the fun. Yeah, we're gonna make that a drinking game. Uh, uh-huh. But uh, no, it, it was a very perfect fit for the story. Uh, 
Yeah, that's that's all okay. I got. Um, I'm giving it a, an A minus. I think it's a I, like Maya said. I think it's just a really good fit. It's not necessarily overly flashy, which is what it doesn't push it into, you know, the A category. But it's completely serviceable and really well done, and just has a a good vibe. I'm trying to avoid saying fun. Yeah, so I, I just really like it. I, it's just not it's not the most amazing comic book art I've seen, but it's really good. Um, and it's really fun and so nice Netflix anyway. make this fucking yeah. book yes oh yes. yeah this would be great this would be a great little movie yeah. it'd be super fun who would you cast though here's the question who would you cast as Duke McClane because right, he's supposed to be what 68 dude Mel Gibson ooh Tommy Lee Jones Tommy Lee Jones as Duke yeah, McClane would be awesome that'd be awesome although I think he's too he grumpy yeah, you know what so I mean I think Mel Gibson could redeem himself and do a pretty good job if you turn Mel Gibson into a silver Mel fox Gibson wouldn't be bad. give him a close crop haircut yeah. I mean he did a solid job in payback and he can do this sort of thing um, you know, Ron Perlman I was thinking Ron Perlman as well because if he's going to be too old to be Hellboy let him do this the other person I'm thinking of is um, uh, Kevin Costner yeah Kevin yeah, Costner, Costner would, be would be great oh he did, he did Costner Costner would be good yeah yeah. Kevin Costner would be really good uh-huh. in this as well See, we've just cast this just, for you. Netflix, just hire us. Do this fine. movie. Do this movie. Give us some of that Netflix yeah. money. <laughs> so then, I guess it is... Oh, we totally forgot to do theme or overall last time, didn't we? Well, I mean, yeah. the theme is Miller's birthday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Miller month. month. How Miller is it? This, you it's know, Miller yeah. time, bitches. It's Miller time. Yeah. However, if we go how Miller is it, I'm not sure how Miller it is. It's, yeah, it's actually pretty low on that list. Yeah, it's kind of low on the Miller. The last scale. one is pretty high. American Jesus yeah. is pretty high. This is pretty low. Uh huh. Okay, well we'll skip that for the time being. Okay. Um, let's go to final grades, which we completely for, uh, completely skipped last time. Sorry, I turned into Porky Pig there for a second. That's all right. Uh, it would be the Scotch doing that. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Mine is speaking. Sorry, what? My drinking is speaking. Your drinking is speaking. Yes, it is. My speaking is drinking. Yeah. <laughs> So for final grades, I'm going to give it a, an A minus. I think it's a great, solid book, a fun book that I would recommend to people, even if they're new to comics or if they're they've been reading comics for a long time. I think it's just a fun, good, serviceable book, a good, solid recommendation for a lot of people. Um, just a lot of great stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maya, what's your overall grade? I'm there, right at right there at an A. Uh, I'm glad glad you recommended this book because I wouldn't have read it otherwise. Uh, and now it's something that I will definitely recommend to people at Doctor Volts or, or anyone asking for recommendations on a book uh, that's not superheroes because uh, it's fantastic yeah todd what's your final overall grade you know i'm going to give this an a as well when people talk about you know what should i read and whatnot you and i have talked in the past one of the best questions to ask is well what kind of movies do you like is what kind of comic book do i recommend to you Mm because it's all across the whole scope of things and it's not any one genre this um, Mm -hmm. book is as miller goes it's kind of low and miller is like oh i want to read something that even though I won't use that three-letter word that falls under that paradigm, uh, this mm. also serves as a great introductory. So it's got a lot of yeah. familiar things that people may or may not recognize, but it's a full, complete story unto itself with its own arc, and it just and it's a good litmus test because if they don't really care for this, okay, and that's fine too. And if they do like it, you can go off in many directions, and you can see what they think of this book, and you can see where it goes from. So this was a great time, and it's easy to recommend this. And it's not even that um, gender specific. I mean, stars a dude and whatnot, but you've got this badass warrior girl and a woman as well. And it's yeah, I could, I wouldn't hesitate to recommend this to anyone twelve and up. It's a lot of fun. 
Speaking of that, let's jump into our uh, recommendations. And now it's time for recommendations. That time in the show where the panel tells you all the crap they are currently into, but will forget about as soon as they see something shiny. You're a stamp tramp. How dare you? And what is that? You give your stamp of approval to everything. It's become meaningless. Why can't you be more like your wife? Lily's stamp is gold. I'm reading this book because of her. I'm drinking this beer because she recommended it. I'm even wearing this bra because of a lingerie store Lily told me about. Uh, Todd, what is your recommendation? So, on a little bit more of a serious note, and me, I'm buying spree a bit lately. Um, the comic book I've been reading lately is called Eclipse. It's by Zach Kaplan. And it takes the idea or the conceit, something happened to the sun, all of a sudden it got much fucking hotter than it did before. And if everyone's in sunlight, they die unless you're in a space suit. And basically you're all like vampires from the Blade series. So uh, the society has moved underground during daylight times and they come out during the day uh, they have discovered there is a murder has occurred, and so your main character is trying to figure out where this. It's just a murder story, a crime story, but it's set in a world that's been abandoned during daytime because the sun is too big and too hot. It's called Eclipse. It's pretty cool. You should check it out. Awesome, uh, Maya. Do you have any recommendations? Uh, I do. Um, we're gonna jump back to our love of current Archie books. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Jughead, uh, Jughead Volume 1, I recommend. It is basically Jughead versus the new high school principal uh, in Hijinks and Sue. It's just a lot of fun, goofy, archy stuff. And it's written by uh, Chip Zdarsky. Oh, nice. Who, mm-hmm. He's uh, also been writing um, a fun run on uh, Howard the Duck. Yes. Uh, and drawn by Erica Henderson, who... Or at least volume one is drawn by her. She uh, is a good fit for this book, but she's also known for drawing Squirrel Girl, and I'm not a big fan of that book. But uh... yeah, I okay. Well, let's discuss Squirrel Girl for a second, actually, because uh, you're not the only person I've known who doesn't like that book. And I've I've been reading that book, and I actually have that the, the trades pulled for me, and I think I figured out part of the problem with this book, at least for me, is. And you can tell me if you have issues, what your issues with it are as well. But like, oh, I, I, I only read like the first three or four. Okay, so one of the things that they do in this book is the author leaves little quippy lines at the bottom of each page, like these little sort of inside referential jokes yeah. to it, which are fun. The problem is, is they fuck up the flow like really bad. Like if you remember, or you go back and listen to a few episodes ago. Uh, it's probably been a while now, but we we read Powers, and we talked about how on a few pages there was this like news ticker sort of thing running across the bottom that got really distracting. That's what those sort of jokes end up being. And I found that if I don't read those jokes, if I just read the story for the story and then go back and read those jokes later, I appreciate that book far more, and I can actually read it more. It's it's I kept stopping reading those books, and it just kept. Like, I love Squirrel Girl, and they're not long trades, but they always felt like the longest things I had to read until I stopped reading those jokes in the bottom. And, like, the jokes are great, but it just, it bogs down the flow to a point where it makes it difficult to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once I stopped doing that, I started really enjoying it. I like Squirrel Girl. I think it's fun. Um, it's it's a sort of play, like, it's inside the Marvel Universe, but it sort of plays with some of the, the weird ideas of superheroes. And, like, they're all kind of, like, like weird characters. There's her, and there's Koi Boy, and there's... Um, oh, there's Chipmunk Hunk, 
and there's I mean there's weird they're just weird characters they have weird powers but it's still fun and I kind of like it and I I still enjoy it but like the jokes is the thing that killed me and so like if you can just skip those jokes and keep reading it I feel like it might be something that more people would enjoy but I've, I've talked to a few people who really don't like it I'm curious Maya what was what's your issue with that book uh I, it just wasn't for me uh yeah I I just wasn't my type of book. It's been a while since I read because I read the issues when they first came out. Like uh-huh. they haven't even really stuck with me. Yeah, beyond those three, so I don't even remember why exactly I didn't like it. But well, and it's it's not deep stuff. It's I mean it's it's filler. It's something fun to read. I I think it's fun. I understand why some people don't like it. But it's like it's funny. Like I I have had uh, we'll, and we'll discuss off air. But I've had someone be very adamant that my opinion on comic books did not matter because I read Squirrel Girl and I'm like that's kind of bullshit you know what I mean like yeah so like there's been some weird like there's been some weird distaste for Squirrel Girl but I do enjoy it I think but it's it is it's weird but I think it's fun so Um, and I guess well in that case then I'm just gonna recommend Squirrel Girl Um, if if you are I'm kidding (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) I, I, but I think it is like just before Warren, those jokes at the bottom are funny, but I think you have to skip past it. It's not overly deep. It's something, it's like, it's something you read to kill some time. It's not going to be, it's not going to change your life. It's not going to change your world, but I think it's fun. Uh, the art isn't great. I, I know that's, for me, that's one of the biggest weaknesses of the book is the art. Like you'll see the the guest artists do like alternate covers and you're like, why can't Squirrel Girl actually look like that? Because in the book, she doesn't look great. Like she... She has these really weird big buck teeth mm-hmm. and she's not that cute but then you'll sometimes see like they'll do um just other covers and they're like oh like she's actually kind of a fun cute little character like it, it's just kind of it's bizarre um and so i think the art is probably the biggest weakness on the book and, and then those little inside jokes are funny but they slow down the process so i recommend reading the issue and then going back and reading those inside jokes later uh but i i do enjoy it i think it's fun uh, and i think it's for some people, it's worth checking out. It's not for everybody, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but uh, I ran into a uh, Squirrel Girl cosplayer at uh, Comic-Con at one point in time and told her I liked her comic book, and she was pretty thrilled about that. So, uh, I mean, especially if you got, like, a... I, I have a niece who's, like, 10 or 11. I think, I, I think I'm going to send her a couple copies of Squirrel Girl for Christmas. <laughs> um, you know, because I think that's something that she might dig. And it's... It's, it's a... I mean, it... It's cool to have a female hero that, you know, it still can kind of be fun and quirky and, you know, it's it sort of reminds me like if you thought the Pam Beasley in the office was adorable because of her dorky qualities, you might like Squirrel Girl. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of a similar sort of thing. In fact, actually if she was still the same age she was when she played Pam Beasley, El- uh, Jenna Fisher would be great as Squirrel Girl. Actually, she'd be kind of fun. It's like quite a quirky, dorky kind of character. She'd be really fun. So, I'm still behind the the internet wanting uh, Anna Kendrick to play I, I also think that'd be an amazing choice. You know what I mean? If you were to do a film, I think it'd be an amazing choice. I just think Jenna Fisher would be like her character of Pam Beasley has sort of a similar mm-hmm. adorkable vibe, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. uh, just, you know, fun, dorky character. Like, it's, I mean, the the dork in, well, it's not, I would like to say, I would like to say inner dork, but it's not very inner. The the dork in me really identifies and loves Squirrel Girl, so uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not that inner of a character, but um, I should have looked this up, hold on, I have a list. Okay, so that'll probably do it for this week. Next week, we're probably reading Mr. Miller's probably one of the most famous works, especially after a film came out last year. Uh, we're going to read Old Man Logan. Um, 
just for clarification, because I've recently discovered this, it, we're reading the original uh, trade that was its own story. They have yes. since brought yeah. him into uh, the main Marvel continuity, which I've just recently started reading, mainly because I have been on a hardcore uh, Jeff Lemire. Is it Lemire? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Lemire. Yeah. Lemire. Yeah, Lemire. I've been on a hardcore Jeff Lemire kick, and so I started reading um, his run on Old uh, on Old Man Logan as well. I also have, I haven't read it yet, and it might be my recognition next week, uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, his creative team from, uh, their artistic team from Old Man Logan also did a 13-issue run on, I think it's the Green Arrow, um, that I have in my two-bed yeah, that's pretty cool. So I have a big trade of that that I'm, I'm, I'm going to tackle here probably in the you, next couple you should, days. You should also check out Essex County. I see. I really want. Like, I read Royal City as my first <laughs> real experience with Jeff Lamar, and I was like, "Holy shit, this guy's awesome!" So I'm, I went to my comic shop, and they were sold out of Essex County. Um, so I want to get that. I want to get Lumberjacks, uh, or no, is it an uh, underwater, underwater wilder? Underwater wilder. Yeah. Yep. I want. I want. And uh, Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth. Yeah. There's, there's a few that I want to pick up. They only had Sweet Tooth and a hardback, and I knew that I was going to probably read all of them, so I wanted to get them all in paperback. Uh, so my comic shop was just a little tapped out because uh, Jacob, who is my main guy that I talked to at, at uh, Comics, Toys, and Tunes in Tustin, Utah, or Tustin, California, um, <laughs> is where I, I go all the time. Uh, Jacob is the, who basically put up a little shrine to Jeff Lemire and sold off all of his stuff, which is great for Jeff Lemire, but fucking sucks because I wanted to read all that stuff and other people came in and buy it. Uh, so. And uh, starting in February, he's going to be doing a new ongoing at DC called The Terrifics. Which has yeah. like uh, Metamorpho and a whole bunch of other people that I'm spacing right now, but it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, I. I've, oh, and like Mr. Terrific, and yeah. Mm -hmm. I've just become a really big fan of his work, and so I've been you know, trying to get everything I can, you know, because I, I just Royal City just sucked me, and I was like, holy shit, who is this guy? Kind of like when I first read um, uh, the Vision with uh, King, Tom King. Tom I was King. like holy shit, who is this guy? There's been a few mm -hmm. new writers I've discovered recently that I've been like, oh my god, you know what I mean? And like, they've been around for a while, but I've just recently discovered them and become very addicted to their work. And uh, uh, Jeff Lemire is my most recent uh, sort of comic books brain crush. I'm just really fascinated by his writing and I love his work. So, um, Anyway, so he will eventually carry on the Old Man Logan title, but this month we are celebrating uh, Mark Miller's birthday. So, uh, yeah, we'll be doing Old Man Logan, the original trade, uh, with the in inbred hulks and all that nonsense. Uh, and then just to give you a heads up, we're going to finish up our month uh, in December. On Christmas Day, our episode comes out uh, for Huck, um, which I deliberately picked because it's a nice heartwarming book and something fun to read on Christmas as well if you wanted to do so. Uh, so that'll do it for this week unless anybody else has something they want to mention I'm good nope. I also am good okay hopefully Adam will no longer be sick next week and be able to join us you'll be um, able to join us Adam next week don't be sick next week I hope so yes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so anyway uh, cool well thank you so much and we will talk to you soon <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater. And on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information. As well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. 
And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.